Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up, my friends? It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to the Broadway cast with, well, me. On today's show, we're doing a rock musical's deep dive. The matter that makes up a Broadway musical has changed drastically over the last few decades. Since Andrew Lloyd Webber gave us Joseph and Jesus Christ Superstar and Galt McDermott let the sunshine in with hair, rock musicals have become the rule, not the exception. Now listen, I love me some Rodgers and Hammerstein. I swoon for Lerner and Lowe. But there's something about an electric guitar slicing through an orchestra that takes us to someplace visceral and exciting. Early rock and pop musicals like Pippin eventually paved the way for the jukebox musical, which is as common today as any other genre on Broadway. And the cray-cray thing is, a lot of them are great. Who saw that coming? Whether we're telling the true life story of a legendary rock icon like Jersey Boys or Carole King or molding an artist catalog around a new story a la Jagged Little Pill and American Idiot, rock and roll undoubtedly is here to stay. Be it Hedwig, Tommy, Rock of Ages, Rocky Horror, a whole new generation of Broadway singers has emerged with rock-seared, super-amped voices. I wanted to get to the bottom of what is in these rock and roll hearts and shows. So, like I do, I called up some killer pals of mine who know all too well how to rock Broadway out. So, I got Tony Award winner from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Lena Hall. Lena's also rocked out to Jim Steinman's Bat Out of Hell and is currently starring as Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors in New York City. I just saw it. She was amazing. That's another rock musical camp classic. From title of show to name above the title, Jagged Little Pill star and Broadway favorite Heidi Blickenstaff is with us. She's currently out on the road starring in Jagged Little Pill, another show I love. And Tony-nominated Broadway superstar Will Swenson. Will rocked us in hair. Priscilla, even Les Mis on Broadway. Will is back this season playing Neil Diamond, personal rock favorite of mine, in a beautiful noise, the Neil Diamond musical. Yes, it's happening, friends. Thank you, gay gods. 
They're going to tell us what they love to sing, how they love to sing it, and what artists inspired them, American Bandstand, to Broadway, and back. So, to those of you about to rock, I salute you. Now, before we rock out with this incredible trio, want to remind you to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Rate us, review us, share us with your friends, and follow us on social media at The Broadway Cast. Follow me at Ben Does Broadway. And if you'd like to support us further and get exclusive content made just for you, become a part of our Patreon family by clicking. I have such a hard time saying that. Clicking the link in the liner notes. And you can be part of our Patreon family. Let's rock out, Broadway friends. Let's go on with the show. It was just that jingle was so great. The jingle just... jangle all the way. <laughs> and poof, just like that, we're here in the room. Uh, it's so good, so good, so good. Uh-oh, do you see what I did there? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to, it had to happen. Um, I'm here with our stars today. Let's say hello to them in real time. First off, we've got Tony, award-winning star of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. She's currently starring as Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, in New York City, which I just saw. Um, and she's also appeared in Cats. I think that's really important that we, that we get that out of the way that you were in Cats because I don't think enough people are talking about it. Lena Hall is here. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. Great to have you here. <laughs> Lena and I had a podcast before podcasts were cool. We did. Way back in the day, back when we started our mornings with a big guzzle of Jameson. Correct. Yeah, that's <laughs> we how we did it back in the day. We did. It was called The Broken Leg. We had a bottle of Jameson and a pianist, and uh -huh. we would just scream. I was listening to it the other day. See, you, but you have all the audio, and I can't find it, because once you got famous, you were like, get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it was before, because I was like, I was like, I'll never work again if anyone listens to this shit. <laughs> no, no, Terrible. We're, no, no, we're derelicts. We're totally unhinged. Um, <laughs> But it is literally happy to have you here in um <laughs> in in a less drunken podcast moment. Also here is with, with us. She's starring in the national tour of Jagged Little Pill, but she also started on Broadway. We love her from The Little Mermaid, something rotten uh title of show. It's Heidi Blickenstaff. Yeah. Hi. yeah. I'm so happy to be with you guys. I'm so happy Monday. to have you here. On when this I shouldn't Monday. be talking. Oh my gosh, <laughs> maybe you can just AM, ASMR the whole thing. Totally, totally. I'll super, be talking really quietly. Super soft. Um, I don't know if you know this already, but I feel like I don't know you like I know these other two, but um, I did meet you many years ago during title of show. Oh. Um, and I had a show that I'd still running, weirdly enough, called Broadway Sessions that was taking place at a gay bar in Midtown. And yeah. the four of you all came and we had a little night at the gay bar together. Totally. I remember that now. We sang, did we sing that night? You did. You did sing. Did and we sing We Belong? What did we sing? We sang, I mean, we, we were hawking all kinds of crap is. back then, but like, I can't remember what we, did we sing from the show or did we sing something we had repurposed? I feel I have a memory. That's of a, a very good question. And I don't yeah. think there's, there's footage of that either. Um, but I Thank know God. that I, I, I got a bunch of weird people to leave voicemails kind of like in the show that we played Perfect. throughout the night that were very deranged. Yeah. It's great oh. to see you again. Likewise. I'm a great Likewise. big fan. Aww. And he is Broadway's Neil Diamond from A Beautiful Noise. He's also appeared in Hair, Les Mis, Priscilla. He is the great Will Swenson. Mm. Is really on our panel. Hi, Will. Oh, hi. 
I'm sensing was, a pattern in that you've recorded things with our other two guests that you desperately want to either get rid of or discuss. I, I don't think we have any previously recorded stuff we need to worry about. Well, it's not that we have to worry about. I think we have plenty of past life experience that is, is questionable. That? I don't think anyone caught it. <laughs> that that the um, that where we uh, from Utah anyway. That's that's where we we hearken from. We go all the way back, Ben. All the all the way back. His family owned a theater company that I used to that I used to do plays in when I was a little kid, and then I was his yeah. understudy in Europe. True, true story. Amazing. That was a hundred years ago. Ben, that was twenty five years ago. Yeah, yes, it was 25 years ago. That's, and uh, that's why you don't have any footage of that. Thank God. Like, because we've been around long enough that this was all before TikTok and have YouTube. Some Polaroids. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that, have, have the Sharpie date on it so you can remember that. Um, thank God, though, Heidi, because I don't know that I could have survived coming up in this business with the social media of it all. I, I don't know, know. I, with everybody I'm, taking a picture and posting it and all of that. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that there was a time before all of the social, when we were coming up, we're safe. We're safe. We're the last generation to not have it. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, I'm always interested in our community. We like that word a lot. The community, uh, where have your lives, Heidi, Will, Lena, where have your lives intersected before? Have you worked on projects together or just bumped into each other at Sardis? Or is this Lena. a first time meeting? First time, and I'm such a hardcore Hedvig fan. Hardcore, love Enjoy. it, love you, and I'm I'm thrilled to be doing this with you today. Same Z's. What? That's yes. fun. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Bringing people together. No, fellow like... rocker princess. Oh, thank she you. She is a rocker um... princess. Yes. Uh, which I will say, seeing your Audrey, Lena, it's you brought so much, such a great sensibility to it. I loved your take on her. Um, and I love how you brought your voice to it. Because it's got, there's so much laid on top of that with the Ellen Green affectations that people have in their brains. And you were just so successful in bringing yourself to it. I loved it. Thank you. Uh, you know, I was a little nervous. I Because... Um... Well, I, I didn't, I took the job and I was like, I'm not going to see the show before I do my first rehearsal. And then I'm not going to watch the movie again, period. Um, it had been a while. And I was like, I just want to come in with some kind of, a, at least a, as much of a clean slate as I possibly can. Cause you know, replacing you, you, you take what that person is doing and, mm -hmm. and, and it definitely tells you what you're going to be doing, but I was like, I'm sure, I, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what Tammy's doing. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to do my first rehearsal first and then I'm going to watch the show. And so I did that. And and when I saw her do the show, um, it completely blew open my mind for what I, I could bring to it. It was like watching her, I was like, okay. Oh, okay, okay. So it could be that, which means yeah. that it can also be something completely different as well and then it, that was like such a great way to go into it because she's she was so um ah, she was completely heartbreaking it was like watching someone uh, uh you know like a, a real a real uh drug addict playing like it was so rooted in reality it was kicked insane. while they're down huh have a real drug addict being kicked while they're down 
Yeah, I mean, it was amazing to, I was just like, whoa, she's so in it. And it's like film version of just like the depth and the sadness and the just, I was like, wow, I had no idea it could be like that because all I ever knew was the Ellen Green version. But that's also fun. Just that. Yeah. For a, for a piece that so many people just view and love for the camp factor and yeah. can kind of perceive as fairly fluffy. So, yeah. Anyway. And it was fun to just be like, oh, I can take her seriously. And then you read the script and you just like dive into it a little more and you're like, oh, she was never really written that way. That was Ellen Green's take on it. The way it's written is a is very dark and can be yeah. very grounded, I guess. And so I just tried to approach it that way. And and that that seems to work, although I have no idea what it looks like because I'm you know up there. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah. As That's performers have no idea what we look like on that stage unless well, we get to see. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. I never want to know. I'm sure I would quit. No. <laughs> I mean, the it's for other people. I see in, in B-roll, I'm like, oh no. Oh no! I thought it was something completely different. I'm, that's yeah. what I sound like it's crazy. <laughs> oh no, never! I never want to know. It's I, it's for the people, not for not for I us. I know. Um, totally. We like to start off with a little gameplay since we're focusing on on the rockier side of the musical spectrum today. We're going to play a game called the New Show Tunes. Here's I'm how gonna it's going to work. <laughs> I'm going to name songs that have become show tunes due to the jukebox musicals they come from. And the first person to jump in, get in there quick and name the musical that these show tunes are from, these new show tunes, gets the point. They're extra points you can sing from the show and um, you'll be getting your prizes via FedEx sometime next week. <laughs> so you're just right. gonna see the title? That's what you're gonna do? I'm just gonna do titles of songs. All right. Okay. And I'll, there's like, there's a few of them in each one. So Here we go. Thing. You got this, you got this. All right. <clears throat> Live for loving you. Anything for you. <laughs> I live in my anything for you. That's right. So you're not That's here. the one. That's Gloria Stefan's musical called Get On Your Feet. I'm yes. Yeah. Heidi Blickenstaff taking Nicely a done. huge lead Ooh, off the bat. Okay. Thank Sweating. you. But that's exactly right. Okay, good. Come on, everybody. A little less conversation. Burning love. It's Elvis. Oh, uh, from from. The Elvis musical. Cheyenne's musical. You bet. Cheyenne's musical. Yes. Yes. And it uh, was there was a car in it. Were there yeah, you bet. Oh, it, was, it was the title of an Elvis song. There were yeah. people in bikinis. Called, uh, yeah, yeah. It's called. All shook up. All shook up. All shook up. All, all, shook, up. all <laughs> shook up. But you guys knew it. You saw it. We all saw the poster in our heads. All right, yeah. this is easier. Chiquitita. Have a, have a, that's right. Follow me and thank you. Well done. If there's no other Chiquitita, so you're you're golden. That's, yeah, that's uh, easy. Will you love me tomorrow? Will Carol King, beautiful. Bam. Oh, you're done. killing it. You're right. a ninja. I'm, I'm you're shocked. A, you're a you're a, a rock musical assassin. That's what they would say on Drag Race. <laughs> That's what they'd call you on Drag Race. Uh, walk like a man. What? Jersey Boys. Oh, Jersey. That's right. Will's got it. All right. Oh, this one's good. Raise your glass. No, raise your glass. Is that Mulan Rouge? Mulan Rouge. That's right. Okay. Heidi gets it. Heidi, I think you were faint. I think you were trying to throw them off the scent by pretending what? like you were going to be bad so you could eviscerate <laughs> well, I, got, them. 
I thought um, Six isn't a jukebox musical, but I, I just thought this was going to be, this is actually really easy. Keep them coming. Okay, great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Holiday. Holiday. There's no Madonna musical yet. There's not yet, no. But it was um, used in... Nope, 21 Guns. Oh, uh, Green Ever Day, American Idiot. Idiot. That's oh, right. Okay. That's right. Holiday. All right. Okay. Now, Will, you're not allowed to play on this one unless it gets real bleak. All right. Like a prayer. <laughs> we belong. Oh, oh uh, is that Priscilla? Yes. Wait, yes, okay. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And Will couldn't play because he was in the show. Because he was in, that was the giveaway. Was I was like, go through the play. Will Swenson biography. What, got yeah. it. <laughs> Flip through it real quick. Okay, two Never more. Yeah. Uh, better be good to me. Yeah, Tina, Tina Turner. Turner. Yep, yeah. Tina Turner, absolutely. And finally, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that these are show tunes, but here we are. Baby One More Time. Oh, oh and Juliet. And Juliet, all those but Max is, Martin songs. Is that also in um, the Britney Spears musical that's coming? That's a wonderful be? question because it would have to be. Right? Which is called, what was that called? That's called Once Upon a One More Time? No. Oh my gosh, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Why do I have space in my brain for this? I mean, it's so dumb. I, I, think we've, thinking yeah. about other things. I think we've really found your alleyway. I feel like this is where you really shine. I'm available um, for parties. <laughs> Go find for, the right game shows. Um, I want to ask you guys, going back to when you were tiny little baby, um, Broadway superstars, what were some of your earliest influences in the theater? What did you see that sparked the, the love of theater for you? Was there a particular actor, actress show that made you go, I want to be up there? Silence. Uh, <laughs> they're like we still don't like theater. That's the ha ha. Not <laughs> not as late as uh, it was seeing all the guys up on that barricade for Lamez. I was just like, oh, I want to be up on that that barricade. Um, that was a and also I used to um well Ben, you know, we grew up in Utah, and uh, certain things were sort of verboten. And I um, found a a vinyl copy of Jesus Christ Superstar, and I had been told that I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So of course that's what I wanted to listen to. So I would I would make sure nobody was home and I would I would throw it on the turntable and Superstar was pretty big for me. Scandal, Will Swenson. I never listened to it until I was an adult because it was ingrained in me that it was sacrilegious. Oh, crazy. It's so awfully very good. But the Utahns love Les Mis. Yeah, everybody loves Les Mis. I that was one of my first Broadway shows that I saw when I was 16. I, I'm from California and I have relatives that live in New York and my parents like sent me to New York and they were like, you deal with her. And I saw a million <laughs> shows. I was there for two weeks, but I waited in the cancellation line for Les Mis like all day. I was obsessed with the cast album, obsessed. And um, I got a seat in, and I was sitting directly under an air conditioner and I, it was like in the middle of summer and I was wearing like cutoff shorts and a tank top and I froze and I loved every second of it as I just turned into a popsicle. But I, it was like such a it, like seminal moment in my life because I saw the stage and I was like, I'm gonna be there. I've never played the Broadway theater, but maybe someday. Listen, that was I, where I saw Les Mis. You're on, you're on the right track. The Broadway theater? <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Before it moved to the Imperial, it was at the oh, Broadway. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. Um, what about you, Lena Hall? 
Oh, I was eight years old. My mom took me to see cats. Well, there it is. <laughs> and yeah, and it was like they were running up and down the aisles with these weird green things on their heads that were flashing. And then at the beginning of the show, the spaceship took off from the stage. And I was like, <gasps> and then I was just hooked ever since. And I looked at my mom and I said, I'm going to do that. And yeah. I did. Yeah. Did you, so when you saw it, Lena, did you, were you like, was there a role that popped out that you were like, I want to be that cat? Well, you no, were a little bunhead, weren't you, Lena? You yeah, were, I was a dancer. So I was really into the dance, like the Jellicle ball and the, you know, that was crazy to me. I thought it was amazing. And, and I just, I was like, I'm going to do that. I, that's, I'm going to do that. And so I did. And I also got to see Les Mis when I was, I think it came through when I was nine. The, like, it was, had just opened. It was like the biggest tour ever and it came oh, yeah. through and i remember having a crush on gavroche <laughs> when i saw it i was like he's so cute i want to be in the show oh my gosh well the don't tell her what happens to him later on in the program <laughs> very <laughs> sad and well for gavroche um no it doesn't will was that with that being kind of uh that show having such an impact on you what was the feeling when you play javert oh when i finally oh. got it it was yeah. a relief because I not I'm not kidding you, Ben. I, I auditioned, I don't know, it feels like a hundred times to be in Les Mis. Mm -hmm. And I got called back three hundred times and never got it. Just like and then there was a revival and I didn't get that. And it was just like this part. I was like aging up through the parts that I could play. And I was like, oh well, I'm never gonna play this this show. And then Cameron went for one more revival. And I was like, I'm too young to play Javert, but I'll totally go in. And somehow I got it. And it was, it was just like this relief. I was like, oh my God, I got it. It's meant to be here. Listen, there can be 99 Les Mises in a room. And if only one believes in you, then <laughs> that's the one that's the most important. Um, so because we're talking about these rock musicals that you guys are associated with today, uh, what were you? Les Mis. Let's. I mean, the truth. Is that they they both are <laughs> pop rock stores. What did you enjoy as younger people? Um, I would say secular music. <laughs> well, I mean, did you were there pop and rock artists that you loved as well that you that you feel like influenced you? Or was totally. it all sessions all the time? No, it, for me, it was more, it was mostly pop rock influences. I was obsessed with, you know, hollow notes. I mean, like early days, like Olivia Newton-John, like I remember, and oh my God, poor little out, her death just rocked me so hard. I would like, I would listen to how she would shape her vibrato and her phrasing. And she also felt like an actress to me with how, how she would, deliver a song it was very um inspiring to me as a kid and uh I was obsessed with Xanadu obsessed and I'm in LA right now and I drive past to that building anybody that crazy like Art Deco Xanadu building I'm like oh my god it's about build the exterior Xanadu it's important to me but I also you know George Michael Wham Joni Mitchell Tears from Fears Pat Benatar Heart like all, all about all of those like female rockers obsessed uh how about you lena oh i went to high school in the, like the 90s so for me it was like you know darker radiohead and uh pearl jam nirvana alice in chains and um tori amos and oh, tori female amos. yeah love, I was like tori, the, love tori. the cranberries and alanis and um 
that's what I like kind of grew up listening to is a little more grunge rock alt rock uh, I liked a little bit of the pop I got into the Spice Girls well you're only human well <laughs> you're not a monster for God's sake what were ben you and I saw the Spice Girls movie together in like Berlin or somewhere do you remember that oh did we all go see it we all went and saw it together yeah I'm gonna guess that we probably all put on some platform tennis shoes oh. and dressed like buffoons sure. that we at the ha und um <laughs> I was obsessed with yeah. the film, but then I was really I got obsessed with when Jerry left because I was oh, like sure. interesting. So I bought merch that only had the four of them on it. Like, cause I was like, this is weird and interesting that now there's like only four of Spice Girls. And, and then now and then I got rid of it all. I don't know why. I should have kept it, but whatever. Um, yeah. But mostly I was into 90s grunge would that be yeah would that be considered emo some of that radiohead now is that emo no it's just grunge no i don't think it, he would not be considered emo it was just like melancholies when i yeah it's like Melancholy, i'm feeling yeah. depressed so i'm going to listen to more depressing music to make me <laughs> depressed because that's gonna be what that's right is great for a teenager yeah. to do but yeah because i'm a teenager and i will be seen Yes, yeah. like the the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Oh, forget it. You know that that was like that was it. Oh yeah, because it had just a plethora of different kind of genres, but it had that Radiohead song on it that was just like mm -hmm. so good. With. Yeah. Will anything for you that we were rocking out to outside of popcorn popping on the apricot tree? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I was like an I, I was like a wanting to feel deeply high school person, and I'm still waiting for like the Depeche Mode musical. I was on oh. the cure and the cult and just like yeah, like just like feeling deeply and kind of screaming songs. The cure. So my sister was yeah. the cure and like the descendants and yeah. the clash and mm -hmm. um the descendants Susie and the is Banshees. something very different now. Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Susie and the yes. Banshees, Sex Lock Pistols. Seagulls. Like she was like I was and so you know, by via her I was like super into punk rock as well. <laughs> Excellent. Did you uh, did you find listening as a theater person and as somebody who enjoyed this music, did you find yourself shaping, you mentioned this a little bit, Heidi, talking about the way Olivia's vibrato was. Did you find yourself shaping your voice to try to fit into certain molds of what you were hearing from pop rock artists? Yeah, definitely. No, no. I, I, took, I took a lot of those influences. You know, I remember I remember specifically listening, Olivia definitely, but George Michael too. Um, those those crazy rock tenors, Freddie Mercury, um, Steve Perry. Like I, I I remember like really listening to their voices and how they would like make a note soar, and um, just studying that because it it felt magical to me, and I always coveted that. I always was like, oh, to like. First of all, you have to be like that. That is a gift bestowed. Those are rock gods. And that is, you know, such a special thing that you just get or you don't get. Mm -hmm. But I remember listening to that and wishing that um, I could I could shape my throat to do things like that because they seemed so magical to me. Yeah, Steve Perry, that's the one. That's I, I listen to Steve Perry to this day and I go, I don't even understand how he's phonating. I don't I don't understand how it works. Crazy. It's on another level. It's some other element that's not on the table yet. 
Yeah, he's a he's totally a, a unicorn. It's 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 crazy what he can do. But I, I find that when I compare them all together, I can't pick. You know, like when you compare Steve to Freddie to to George, even George like George doesn't have like the expanse that Steve Perry has, but there's George can massage a note like nobody else. If you go back and listen to George, he's doing some stuff like nobody's he's such a crooner. And in, mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties, when he was doing his thing, I don't, nobody was doing it like he was doing it. I adore him, miss him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about you, Will? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, we, we as actors we're all kind of imitators and like we hear something and then want to be that and and on one hand we're trying to sound like someone but be this original thing and and it took me has taken me is taking me forever to to understand that like what I have to offer is unique so like you know when you listen to all these inspirations it's like great I'd love to sing like Steve Perry I'd love to sing like George Michael but they're successful because they do that one thing so well so like I'm trying more so to be like, what what is the thing that I do, and let, why don't I just do that instead of trying to trying to uh, impersonate people, which is hilarious because right now I'm doing an impersonation discourse. Anyway, that's it. That's it. Talk more about that. What's that like? Like knowing you know that you're. How, what's that like to do an impersonation, but also make it your own? Oh, it's a trip. It's, a, it's it feels like a tight rope walk because you want to honor. You have to honor. Yeah, that people know, and you you you're wanting to make it original and and your own. It's tricky. It's tricky. I've never played someone alive before, particularly somebody that has billions of YouTube hours of of evidence to learn from, and for the audience members to go, "You're doing it wrong." Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's a trip. The answer is I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Was there a moment as you were kind of developing this that you went, oh, "Okay, I think that's Neil." You know, you heard Stephanie talk about the share voice and like when she was like, oh yeah, I put in some white strips and all of a sudden like I found share. Well, she's more talented than I am. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I haven't had a moment where I'm like, well, nailed it, nailed it. Um, but that said, I have been doing a Neil Diamond impersonation my whole life just as a party trick. Um, Cause we have similar baritone sounds, I guess. So I, in a way I've been working on it for a long time but uh, I'm certainly interested in, in trying to get it better as good as I can. Yeah, Lena. I I'm a huge wacky bonkers Neil Diamond fan. I've seen him three times in concert. I'm I'm very very excited about this. Freaking great! I'm with you. And I, so you're going to be very critical of Will's performance. Absolutely. I'm going to sit back with a notebook and I'm going to write down some, <laughs> some of my feelings, and I'm sure you'll be very interested to hear. Um, <laughs> Uh, Lena, did you, was it was the voice for you always? Did you have the rock and roll thing going on, or did you feel like you wanted there was a legit side to your? I know that there is because I've heard it, but as a young person growing up and trying to find your voice, um, uh, young, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do, so I ended up just like, oh, oh, Patty Lapone is cool, like I. Something like Patty Lapone, you know, like uh, that, and um, and then I'd mimic opera. I would mimic what I heard, whatever was specific for maybe what I was interested in or doing. But like, I didn't get into rock and roll until later in life. Mm-hmm. I had done. I was in Tarzan the musical on the Broadway, and 
I, uh, I, my, I had huge tonsils like my whole life. And one day during rehearsal, I went over to Schuler Hensley and I opened my mouth and I was like, Schuler, does this look <laughs> weird to you? And I had this like blood balloon hanging off of my tonsil. And he was like, oh, and he took <laughs> me to t- Tom Schumacher and was like, Tom, look at her throat. And so they looked and they were like, you're out of here. You're going to, we're taking you to, you know, a vocal specialist. So I had never been to a vocal specialist. I'd only ever been to ENTs. I didn't know they existed. And ENTs were always just like, no, we can't take them out unless you've had like lots of strep throat. And, um, and so then I went to a vocal specialist and she took one look in my throat and was like, they're out of here. So I got my tonsils removed at 20, what was that? 26 years old so i'd already done four broadway shows and then at 26 i was like i had to relearn how to sing because you had that you had way more space i'm so curious yeah yeah so because they were so big they were just like it was this obstacle i was constantly trying to get past so i had a head voice like an operatic head voice and then i had a chest voice that was really heavy but i didn't have anything in between because this was all stopped up and Uh tense right i had so much tension in my throat And when they were out, suddenly I had, there was all this space and I didn't know what to do with it. So I joined a rock band called Cocaine the Band. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I love that's the segue. Yeah, so I joined a rock band. So naturally I joined a band called Cocaine. Yes. Yeah. And then, Uh and then I was doing that and I was like, well, I don't know even what I want to do in theater. Um, I had seen Hedwig in 1999 and I remember being like, wow that's what i want to do like i want to do that kind of theater and not like theater theater like not like oklahoma and not like you know i wanted to do something edgy and cool and not the theater's not cool i just you know things like cool projects right so i'd actually quit the business for a little while and sang with my band and explored this part of my voice that was new and then they browbeat me into doing dirt like because they wanted me to sound like lemmy from motorhead and it was this weird educational moment of like they were like sound like axel rose sound like lemmy sound like bono from uh acdc and like so i ended up listening to these like really like you know hard rock uh voices and bands and then trying to emulate that in my in my band but do it in a way that wasn't that i could survive an hour of like 11 you know you know an hour of singing over drums singing over because we're playing clubs we're not using in-ear monitors or anything there's not like any control over monitors you're just kind of like trying to figure out if you're you're like i think i'm on key it feels like i'm on key um so it was that and and that's how i learned how to do all that grit and then that became like my think because it just like started to like become my personality become who I was as a singer it was like something I could do really well that no one else could do and it just it became this kind of stamp and calling card and I really got excellent at it it took a couple of years so it was like by the time I turned 31 that was when I had locked into this rock and roll kind of voice where it could sound like Janice I could sound like Axel I could do all that stuff and I could do it authentically like that was the thing was like how do I Mm -hmm. sing rock and roll where I sound tough I sound authentic and I don't sound like I'm a theater person singing 
rock and roll, you know. Getting... And you can still do it eight shows a week without going to the hospital. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting because it was really all about like vowels and consonants and how you actually sing words and not about, and less about placement or holding a note or whatever. It was like about like, it, it became about, about, um, like style it was just like style it was like i'm a badass and that like it i'm a badass and i'm from the other side of the tracks you know it was like it was like that and then i started drinking a lot and there, there was a whole other style of story but you know um but you know i uh i i got that and and i got to live that a little bit and then and then i got to use it and do hedwig and that was like such an interesting thing because it all then my worlds all blended together in that moment in time and it was such a lucky thing for me and I think now there's probably a generation of young singers who now go, now sing it like Lena Hall would sing it. You know, who- <laughs> I hope that they don't- be the, the, the mark of that. Uh, was Heidi, in your development, uh, did you see yourself being in these rock musicals? I know you also just did a, a country show down in Nashville. Yeah. I did. I mean, I've always, you know, I. I, I'm an equal opportunity music lover. I, I like right. all all styles. It, it speaks to me in one way or another. I think I'm, I've always been attracted to like, like good singer songwriter vibes, whatever the genre. I don't know that I like saw myself as um, a rocker necessarily. Um, uh, but I was always, the, the musicals that I loved the most were always the rock musicals. I mean, the I think one of my all-time favorite experiences, both watching live and listening to the cast album a bazillion times was Tommy. And, um, and then I ended up doing the tour and I understudied Mrs. Walker because I was a child, but... Um, I loved that musical and I do remember doing it and going, this feels like a really good fit um, because it marries what I love about a rock score and also what I can do. Like my facility is um, able to share. Um, uh, but I've been really lucky. I've gone all over the place in my career from Disney stuff to like traditional, one of my most favorite experiences ever was doing Most Happy Fella with that lush, beautiful score. Um, and then I just did this country musical, which was a jukebox musical with lots of different artists that was sewn together with a, with a really sweet story. And we did it in Nashville and it was totally fun. And I got to sing some Reba McIntyre and that was totally like, I'd never sung Reba's music, but it was awesome. And you know, mostly I think I responded to it because it was like great writing and soulful singing. And, um, but I do think when Jagged came along, that again was a moment where I was like, that felt like a little um, beautiful match for what I think I do pretty well. And, um, and also being able to tell this extraordinary story and also Tom Kitt, who did the arrangements is like, he's such a genius. And I've worked with Tom a lot and he and I are, are very, um, I don't know, we're little musical soul matey, like what he writes and how I, it's just a beautiful marriage. Um, 
so I don't know. It was just sort of like the perfect storm of things. But I just, Alanis was in the house the other night. And um, I literally like, I'm, I'm getting my stomach just flipped saying that because it was, I, I like shit my pants just a little bit, like meeting her. And because I hadn't met her. Oh, you I hadn't? Had, I had not met her because, uh, you know, when I reopened the Broadway show, um, it all happened so fast. And it was, you know, inside this COVID uh, cloud. And we were up and down in a fever dream blink. And um, Alanis was on tour and she was gonna come. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so finally now with LA, Alanis, Glenn Ballard, Diablo Cody, they all came. And, um, and we had a moment where we met before the show, which I wanted because I wanted her to be a real person to me and not like a ghost in the house that was, you know, I don't know, like uh, scaring the shit out of me. And, um, and we met and she could not have been like more loving, supportive, just like just the most awesome fantasy you have of Alanis, that's Alanis. Um, and Diablo was great and Glenn was great. Everybody was so great. And they were so happy to see their show doing well and LA loving it. And, but it was trippy. I asked her, I was like, is it weird to like have your music sung back to you and she was like, yeah, it's, it's like totally, totally weird. And um, it's like on a t very small scale, but I understand what that's like because of title of show. Um, because, you know, there are, thank God, there are productions of title of show that get done literally all over the world. Uh, and um, I, in the beginning, we used to go see them. There was a great production in New Jersey that a bunch of our friends were in and we went and saw it. And it is so weird seeing yourself in a show that you developed and like words that you wrote in a journal that are now in a song being sung back to you as you, it's so trippy. And Alanis and I, we talked about how similar that is for her, seeing <laughs> her musical sung back to her. Um, but it is interesting, you know, it, it's crazy. And I was happy she was honest that she wasn't like, oh, it's fantastic and great. She was like, it's fucking weird. Um, but it, when I was singing like Forgiven and Uninvited, and those songs are so iconic and it, the, that Jagged Little Pill belongs to all of us. We're all so obsessed with it. And audiences, like literally before we start singing, they start applauding because they're like, oh, here it is. And you're like, I am gonna disappoint you. <laughs> like there's so much anticipation, but you know, thank God she was happy and Glenn was happy and Diablo was happy and audiences have been happy, so. I feel relieved. I'm glad you brought that up because that was my next question too, is, is the pressure to deliver for an artist um, whose music you're interpreting. So have, what was the, what was the Neil meeting, Will? Oh, um, yeah, it's a trip. Uh, I think maybe the most nervous I've ever been was like the first time that we we did a whole run for Neil Diamond and he was, he just plunked himself down center stage, like, you know, in the rehearsal rooms, there's like, you know, not a lot of room. So he was center stage in front of us and, and literally five feet away. And so portraying Neil Diamond, like doing a Neil Diamond impression in front of him, telling his life story to him was so surreal, just like absolutely bonkers. Uh, probably more bonkers for him. He said it was pretty weird watching his life story. In fact, bizarrely, I, and, and apparently that's, uh, that some people can back this up. 
when he came to our first preview in Boston, he said that that was his uh, greatest night of his life. And his wife, Katie, was like, what? You've like played to 100,000 filled uh, stadiums. And he was like, yeah, but I was always in it and I couldn't see it. He said, tonight I could see the whole thing. I could see my life. And it just, he said it was so moving for him to, to get to experience it from, from outside that it just, that, that meant a ton to him. To answer your question, the craziest thing in the world, super, super hard. And weird to to try to do somebody in front of somebody, especially. I I can't even imagine the pressure that that, that puts on you. I think even with I think Lena was going to ask you too. Even with John Cameron Mitchell and Hedwig being such a iconic moment when you came into it, what were your feelings when when you've got the creators standing in front of you? Oh gosh, well, I mean, John and Stephen kind of really made themselves friends immediately you know they were friendlies they were in it with us they were there you know and john actually came to the rehearsal period and was like do you have any questions do you want to talk anything out with me you know if you've got because and i was like wow i do and so you know I spent two hours talking to him about like what's the deal with like how did yitzhak even come into play and why was it played by a woman and all those kind of things. So that was really cool. And Stephen Trask, of course, it was the audition that was crazy because they were both in the room for my final audition. And I was like, shit in pants. Like, I was like, I can't believe this is them. Like, holy, yeah. <sighs> holy balls. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I actually did all of the workshops and stuff for Share, and I couldn't end up doing Share Show uh, with, it was me and, um, me and um oh my god why 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 am i blanking on her wonderful name oh michaela teal nope nope great no she won stephanie stephanie, stephanie. 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 yes <laughs> thank you it was me michaela and stephanie we we had done it and i had done all the um previous readings and workshops and stuff like that and so when Cher would come you know it was like her and giant giant hat with sunglasses on sitting there in the second row of people that they packed around her so she could kind of hide back and like and it was like do i am i you know are you embarrassed by me um or do you <laughs> love it like i don't know because i you know i gotta make sure that i'm not being a caricature that i'm actually making you a human being right and then um alan Mankin came and saw me in a little shop and i didn't know he was in the house thank god Thank oh, God. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it. God, because then after the show, Rob was like, hey, this was a great night to get a standing ovation on Suddenly Seymour. I was like, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Why? Like, oh, you know why, right? And I was like, why? I sure don't. <laughs> it's like, the man is here. I was like, oh, shit. I went. And then, then you're like, well, I wish I had known because then I would have. But then you're like, well, no, I kind of glad I didn't know. But then do I wish I had known? Would I have done anything different? It's just like one of those things you can get in your head as a performer, like really, <laughs> oh, really sure. easily. Oh, really. sure. Mm -hmm. But I think that's heightened when you're dealing with these icons that they're bringing their music to life. Um, yeah. Why is it that you think that it's become such a trend? Why is it that all of these prolific pop rock artists are so drawn to bringing their stories, whether it's like Jagged creating a new story around iconic music or telling a life story. Why do you think pop artists are so drawn to the Broadway side of things? Is it the money? 
That's all the, all, yeah, what a safe that's, bet making a Broadway musical is. You're, yeah, you're yeah. guaranteed uh, millions and millions of dollars. That's a little, that's a little joke. <laughs> Actually, someone yeah. gave me the breakdown of just how profitable it is to do a musical um, no. on Broadway. For who? Yeah. <laughs> Not for the performers, but for the yeah. people who, for the music writers, right? So let's say you're dusting off an old catalog and you're like, well, I haven't done anything with this. It's kind of just sitting here. I'll license it out and then you make lots of money and you don't have to do anything. So there's that. Okay. There's that that's, reason. A, that's a great reason no, to do just no, about anything. Because no one makes, well, no one makes any money on um, music anymore because unless you're touring, there's sure. no money to be had in sales on what Spotify. What are you going to get? 0 0.01 cents, like nothing. You have to tour. And if you're not a touring artist, what are you going to do? You're going to license your music out. And so that's, you know, I think that that is one of the, the main reasons not to be dark about it. Because yes. <laughs> it's easy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to get, like, uh, get the T for your EGOT as well. For Very sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good, Will. Yeah. Yes. Is that all we are? We're the Cap tea in your EGOT. <laughs> yes. Putting the tea in your EGOT since 1993. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did Neil and Alanis express any sort of like wacky, crazy joy that they're seeing themselves in a theatrical space outside of being in, in touring? And did they, what's, what did they say was so cool about that for them? I mean, I already told this story about Neil. Sorry, Heidi. No, you go. You go. I refuse. Alanis has just like, you know, she's so generous and lovely. And I, I think that um, the right people approached her about, about turning Jagged into a musical. And the only thing that she was very uh, insistent upon from the beginning was that it was not about her. Um, but she was very interested in finding the right team uh, to to you know make Jagged into a, a story that would resonate with um, modern audiences. And Diablo came on board, and Diane Paulus, and you know everybody. You know, Alanis would say when when uh, Diablo came on board, everything started to click, and she was like, yes, 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 yes. And Tom Kitt too, she considers someone that, you know, he was sort of like a musical uh, Sherpa that like mm. helped helped make Jagged into an actual musical and not just like song, 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 song that would be so familiar from the album, but so many things are rearranged to sound kind of Very familiar. Different. And then you, cool. yeah, mm -hmm. like it's a new take on it. Um, but she's been thrilled, I, you know, and I'm so, I'm so, relieved and happy and proud that she is thrilled because um you know unlike unlike i think the what you're talking about lena with like like uh licensing these songs and making money i think alanis has got enough money i think that she really wanted to be additive in the landscape of storytelling and and you know she's an actress she's an activist she's so many things and to add musical theater uh, contributor to the list, I think is something she was interested in doing and and um, telling important stories, you know, not to like sound like I'm selling the show, but it is like, 
it's a story that's really like making people feel and like she loves that you know she's a big therapy advocate and and um I think she's proud of the message that it's putting out into the world so thank god we have her blessing I always wonder with these people who bring their shows to to Broadway I wonder if they had little theater nerd lives when they were young if they were like in the school play and Alanis was playing the cowardly lion and yeah. ever since that day, she just wanted this so badly to happen. Well, she was a child uh, actor, sure, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, and singer, was. and she did all that cuckoo stuff. And what is it like? Uh, you can't, you can't do that, do that, on, that on television. television. Uh -huh. yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I mean, she was she's been a ham bone like us forever, you know. And it just kind of segued into teenage angst, into jagged. But she's obviously like we all are. She's so much more than that one angry song. Um, and, you know, thank God for that one angry song that drew everybody to the album. But, you know, it's given her this prolific career. What, in your estimation, what makes a good musical with um, a canon of uh, music that's already created? What uh, makes a good and successful musical jukebox or otherwise with a pop rock score? Uh, versus a not successful one because they exist. Story, 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 story. You yeah. need a great book. You need a great book. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of, you know, great songs that are held together with the flimsiest thread. I mean, you have to have a good, a good story, whether it's, it's, you know, like Jersey Boys that is telling the story of the band. Mm -hmm. um or if it's like jagged that is a totally fiction it's a total fiction um if you don't have a good story you're dead in the water i think for sure uh will what's your favorite favorite tune to sing in a beautiful noise oh um it's the beginning of act two i do the brother loves travel and salvation show it's the That's, best one. Oh, it's just killer it's <laughs> the, band it's the best band. song oh it's so good just this awesome. revival tune and to do it with a huge band and all the sequins is pretty, pretty fun. How many, okay. how many people in the band? Um, I don't know. <laughs> 20, Hundreds. Yeah. I don't know, 18, something like that. 18? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's a big awesome. band. That's huge. Yeah. But that's what you want, right? To hear Neil oh. Diamond music that you really oh, yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. A million guitars and strings and horns and, uh, Russian, it's it's so fun so that's fun. awesome that's see that's awesome it is uh tell me i think we've touched on this a little bit but tell me about some of the challenges or affectations or things that you have found interesting as lena said in sustaining an eight show week in a in a particular style of music versus getting out there and doing the ethel merman and you know Giving it, lifting that soft palate up for days and doing everything your voice teacher told you to do with your 24 Italian songs and arias. <laughs> I think every show presents its own challenges and it's a different animal. I Some shows you just kind of, for me, they show up in, in my voice and la la la. But like Neil requires such a specific sound for me that I, I did every show in Boston, but I was like, if I had to keep doing this, I would, I would die. So I've lobbied our producers successfully and I'm only gonna do seven. Um, <gasps> for the you Broadway run. Will, uh, <laughs> they can Davenport uh, so enough to just go, you know, everyone wants the show to succeed. And I was just like, 
two a day is too much. I can maybe do that once a week, but two a day to sing 20 Neil Diamond songs is just, it's, it's too much. It's too taxing. Which, so, which show are you opting out of? It's going to be Wednesday <laughs> nights, bizarrely. Wednesday like, night? Yeah, Wednesday night, which works great. But I was like, why not Wednesday mat? And they said, because predominantly our, our demographic for this show are the elderly. So they really want to oh sell God. Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoons like selling like crazy for them. So I'm off Wednesday nights. Oh, that's a fun <laughs> fact is what that is. That is a is very, fun. they're coming in from the bus loads. They've got their tokens. They just came from Atlantic City. Yes. I am those people though. That's the God's honest truth. Yeah. Uh, Heidi, how about you? What's, what are the challenges in singing Alanis versus singing something else? It's, it's, Oklahoma. it's hard. It's, I, I'm not going to lie. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's my biggest, uh, it's definitely my biggest thing of my career. And I am not as young as I once, as I once was. And it's, um, you know, I am, I am, I have to do all eight. Well, <laughs> and um, I'm doing my best. So far, I've stayed in. I have a wonderful cover, and when she goes, when she goes on, she's going to be fantastic. Um, but it, it, I think, you know, it's a it's a little bit like we were talking about the expectation of the audience. You know, they want to hear you rock. And Alanis does. You know, she she um, she's not giving alto vibes. Um, she's like she's going for it. And I want to go for it. And when I'm when I'm healthy, going for it is thrilling. You know, it's really fun to sing. It makes the show just like there's a moment in Forgiven where I'm like, I, I like I'm leaning into like my my Axel Rose, like just like like trying to convince myself that I am a rock god. I don't really believe it, but I'm I'm trying to like um, pretend at least because people came to hear that sound and I put a lot of pressure on myself and uh, I really want to deliver, but it is like, you know, these two, these two little tiny little flimsy muscles in my throat are like, bitch, please. So we'll see, we'll see how long I can make it. I'm going to, I'm going to do my very best. I have no tricks except n my life is not fun. This is as, this wow. is as as much fun as I'm having right now. I right I now. go to bed early, no drinking, no nothing. Sleep, hydrate. Right, um, right. Well, you could always just get your tonsils out. I hear that works wonders. You I hear out. I hear that's just going to open me right up. Take your tonsils out. Um, you've all um, had. Oh, go ahead, Lena. No, I'm just. It's I have the most unpopular opinion when it comes to singing shows. <laughs> because I'm well, now like, I gotta hear it. What? I know now. Share. What is it? What is this? Okay. Controversial well, I mean it... take. <laughs> okay. Well, eight shows a week for 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 me because when Hedwig we did only seven shows a week, right? And um and that was crazy because uh I was so used to an eight show week thing. I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself with this much time off. <laughs> so weird um uh, and Heidi's gonna kill you. and i was uh, yeah i was like dying for an eight show so what did i do for myself i gave myself an eight show week by always booking shows with my band after night shows so i would do double shows and then when we when i did the tour of hedwig they said hey we want you to play yitzhak but then would you do one night a week as hedwig and i was like yeah of course like so fun 
and they were like well we will make sure you only do seven shows a week and the, the eight whatever the you know so they were like you can take one show off the seed sock and to do Hedwig and I was like no <laughs> this like opinion of like no I can do eight shows a week I am a badass I'm gonna do seven shows of seed sock and one show is Hedwig let me tell you Boy, do I wish I had this <laughs> week because I would do I would do Hedwig on the on a two show day. I would do Yitzhak in the matinee, and then because I was like, it'll be a good warm up, like an asshole. And then <laughs> Hedwig, Hedwig at night, and I was I would stand backstage right before I was gonna go on as Hedwig, and I was like, the fuck did I do to myself? So yes, seven show week is very good. I have the unpopular opinion in my head saying like, it's a challenge. You can do it. Like you know, like and this then is what you trained for. Yeah, exactly. But now I'm back in the eight show week doing little shop of horrors and um and it's taking my body it's been a long time since i've done a show because of uh, of of so piercer tv um and being stuck in vancouver uh but uh but like doing eight shows again that was my this past week was my third week doing it and um and like now finally my feet are starting to hurt from the heels going (laughs) There's They're very high heels. Really hard to go up and down the stairs. I'm like, oh, should I wear this corset or is this a bad idea? <laughs> they say it's you know, not getting, the work, it's the stairs. It's the stairs. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's interesting. Getting older really sucks. It's <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's when I was when I was 30, I could roll out of bed and belt an E. And now I'm like, sweet wounded Jesus. It's, I mean, it's like, it takes a lot to get my ass out there. And I mean, we've got five show weekends here in LA and by the end, literally <laughs> by the end of the show last night, when we were taking our curtain call, I was like, ah! I like screamed during the curtain call and somebody snapped a picture of it. And people are probably thinking I'm rejoicing. And it's, and I was literally, it was relief. It was like, thank God, I made it. I made it through all eight shows this week. Bananas. Being old and doing this is no joke. It's not for the faint of heart. That's all there is to it. The body. Um, The the body body. is like, you're like, why is this hurting now when I did never had this hurt? ever in my life and I'm, now I'm, I'm so glad it's your elbow no. it's just like yeah. a little scarecrow elbow <laughs> nothing now i have a frozen it. shoulder for no apparent reason whatsoever other than i'm doing eight shows a week <laughs> like, yeah it's um, great i love it <laughs> in you've all have these incredible careers uh outside of the projects you're working on now what are your proudest moments of your career your theatrical career thus far you've done some fun stuff I I am, you know, there are some moments that are crystallized for me. And I think, you know, title of show was something that um, like not many people saw, but, uh, but because I was a part of a collaborative team that made something and it got all the way to Broadway and, um, those the the people that did hang in there with us I mean we were on Broadway for it was not long it, it was more than 100 shows so we're not on the wall at Joe Allen's but um awesome. but uh, I, I think <laughs> I think that uh you know being a part of a new musical that 
you you helped make um and having that it was so well received by the you know nine people that loved it um standing on stage especially like our first preview our opening night our closing night those are moments I always like the the wall of love that was coming at us in those packed houses um and I, I always wish it, it felt like the most powerful, natural, like a waterfall or something coming over. It was so, so much positivity that I wish I could take every human being and put them there for just a moment to, so that everyone could experience what that feels like. And Lena and Will, you've had, you know what that feels like, like to have an audience, like, I don't, there's something about that that is like nothing else I've ever experienced. And I've had a lot of really unbelievably special moments, but that one is the first that kind of pops out. I was there. I saw it. I loved it. You were the one. You were one of the nine. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Will? Um, I'd have to say hair. That was just sort of um, my, sort of my coming out party in in the Broadway world a little bit. And and uh, it was like, it was of a time, politically, things were lining up in our country that our, our story really resonated in a great way. And it was just a good fit character-wise and a role where there's like no wrong answers. Just like I could literally choose to do anything every night. And so the show was just different every night. And I just, it, that feels like top of the mountain for me. You were incredible in hair. Thank yeah. you. You really Heidi, were. I'm so sorry I never saw you in title of show and... Oh, I, mean, I was but, excellent. You were, I, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were you fucking were. incredible. Yeah. And uh, Willie was so good. Oh my God, that show, the hair. I mean, you and Gavin were so good together. And I'm just like, I cried so hard when oh, I saw that show. I was so, too. so jealous. We're amazing and in Since we're fawning oh. all over one another. Oh, yeah. 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 Easy, so easy to do with this group. Such a um, Okay. Well, my final, final show is Yitzhak in on broadway was craziness that's never it was the most crazy thing i've ever been a a part of it's it's the it's the i'm chasing that dragon you know what i mean Uh. (laughs) um and then and then my first show on is hedwig those two things are the greatest i don't i'll never it's just impossible to it's impossible. Um, everyone should play Hedwig in their lifetime. Because I'm I'm planning on doing it later on this evening. <laughs> yes, everyone should. I mean, it's like the, one of those shows where, where as Yitzhak, you're always present on stage because you cannot look away. You cannot daydream. You have to like make sure you're there or else because you never know when Hedwig's going to need something or say something or you never know. So you're just like so present, you're watching the whole thing. But as Hedwig, you're gone. You disappear, you've left your body for the day, you come back at the bow and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Did I do the show? Did it even happen? Like, and uh, and I think that everyone needs to have an experience like that. Cause it's, um, it's just to be able to like get away from yourself and mm. be someone else. It's like just so, cool and i know will and heidi you must have experienced that in your lifetime on stage um here and there uh but to do a show where you're constantly talking because you're just you're never off stage you're just on stage the whole time it's like that kind of show you get to just disappear 
and, play pretend. Uh, That's the fun part. Yeah, and there's Signed nothing up. better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, final question: What rock and roll musical hasn't been made yet that should? Radiohead. Pink Thank Floyd. You. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Those two. That, who was yeah, the second one? Uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. It's oh, already, Megan, wow. already a story. It's yeah. I'm very upset that it hasn't been done. And I'm, I'm surprised that it hasn't been done. I know. Yeah. I know I'm it's like a no-brainer. Pretty mad about it. Yeah, pretty mad. <laughs> furious, fuming. Heidi. You know who I love, which I I really wish he would like get it together and write a musical is Ben Folds. Yes. I, oh yeah. I think I think that would be baller. I because he 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 feels like one of us anyway. Like mm. kind of in the same way Sarah Bareilles feels. Yep. I mean, she is one of us. And I I his you know that I was obsessed with Ben Folds Five, and I, I I just he's such he's so great and so. I don't know. I just feel like, why hasn't that happened yet? Let's get on that. All right. Yeah. Lena. Uh, okay. Well, Pink Floyd, the wall. Yes. Um, uh, heart. Yes. Uh, hasn't had a musical done. We all know that I wrote a terrible musical using all the music art. It was horrible. It was, Do we bad. all know that. Do we, it was bad. I don't know that. <laughs> Oh, can, it was can bad. You and I be in it, and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll play this. We would play this. Yeah. And Will, actually, you could be in it because you would be the love interest that breaks our spirits uh, of a bar. Right that sounds good. Done. <laughs> yeah, done. done. There you go. Um, heart, obviously, because for obvious reasons, because their music and Muse. I don't know if anyone listens mm. to Muse, oh. but Matt Bellamy is like really, really in, like inspired by um, classical music. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like uh WC and his like it's crazy. Like there's so much classical music references in his stuff and then it's very operatic. So for me it would be an opera actually that Muse does. You could do Muse opera. All right. We've manifested those things are on their way for you to all star in. Hey well, guys, thank you very <laughs> much for hanging out with us today and sharing your time and your talent and your spirit with us and I am so glad to be had this conversation. And I wish you the very, very best with your with your projects. I'm a big fan and I'm watching. Thank you. Thanks. I would love to work with both of you guys in the real world, not just yes. things. Ditto. And, and We're going to do heart. We're doing oh, the heart. I've mean, already decided. <laughs> Great. So nobody, if you're listening, don't touch it. They've got it. They've got it. We've got it. We call it. I'll send you Thank my you script. Thank you so much. Thank okay, you guys yes. so very, very much. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll see Thanks, you soon. Take care. Be good. Bye. What a dream panel that is. Thank you, Will Swenson. I cannot wait to see your Neil Diamond on stage. Thank you to Lena Hall, my dear friend. And thank you to my new best chum, Heidi Blickenstaff. Get out and see her on the road in Jagged Little Pill. You will not regret it. All right. Until next time, I got to say bye-bye. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Rate us, review us, share us with your friends. Follow us on social media at The Broadway Cast. Follow me at Ben Does Broadway. And, of course, you can support us further and get exclusive content made just for you, our family, by becoming a Patreon supporter. All you got to do is click the link in the liner notes. I did it. And you can become part of that Patreon family. Until next time, Broadway maniacs, this is your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, saying have a great show. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.